Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a beautiful day in the state of Iowa. Beautiful day in Lincoln, Nebraska. Beautiful day in the Big Ten West as the conference comes to a close or the division comes to a close. A beautiful day here on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi where uh, I took a few hours out of my family vacation to watch the Iowa Hawkeyes beat Nebraska 13-10. to What an incredible... Um, game finish uh improbable win for the Hawkeyes again an improbable season for the Hawkeyes some improbable uh heroes in this heroes game uh for the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, incredible just you know it leaves you speechless to some degree how this team continues to find ways to win uh, but that's what Iowa did today and has continued to do en route to a 7 and 2 Big 10 record 10 and 2 Overall on the season, another 10-win regular season for Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes. And uh, and they've got some more work to do. A couple of, or a week from tomorrow in Indianapolis, Iowa will play either Michigan or Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship. And then there is a bowl game to be had after that. It looks like the Citrus Bowl against a team like Ole Miss out of the SEC is the most likely landing spot for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, but we've got plenty of time to cover all of that moving forward. <laughs> what, what a weird game this was um, on a lot of different levels. Drew Stevens, who had just about as, as bad of a day as you can have as a, a place kicker, two blocked field goals, uh, kicked the ball out of bounds twice. One of those, you know, who knows if, if the Purdy touchdown long touchdown that the broken play by Iowa's defense the longest play Iowa has given up all season long a 66 yard touchdown for Nebraska late in the first half who knows if that does or doesn't happen if they don't start on the 35 but in a game like this you, you give the ball the the other team the ball on the 35 basically for free by kicking it out of bounds that's that's awful and so it it felt like um you, you know you were a little nervous even though Iowa was inside the red zone late because Drew Stevens, I tweeted on the Hawkeye Nation account during the game, you know, he it felt like he had the yips. He's had an up and down season. I think this is the third or fourth game in a row where he's missed his first field goal attempt, but it didn't get better this time. It had gotten better in the, in the other games. Uh, it didn't get better this time, and it really felt like it was going to be a shaky attempt to have him go in there and try to win that game with all that pressure on him. But it wasn't Drew Stevens who came out to make that kick. It was Marshall Meter. Marshall Meter, a transfer from Western Michigan who hadn't attempted a field goal all season, came in and knocked it through from 38 yards out uh, to win the game. It's the third game in the last six, right? 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So 18 and 19 and now 23 uh, have all ended with an Iowa walk-off field goal against Nebraska. It's Iowa's sixth win in a uh, row in Lincoln. It's Iowa's, I think, seventh or eighth out of the last eight or nine uh, in this series. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So eight out of the last nine in this series uh, as the Hawkeyes bring home the Heroes Trophy once again. And... Uh, Finished the season just short of a full trophy case. Uh, Floyd or Rosedale, the one that, that didn't get back to Iowa City, although we all know how that ended, how that happened, and uh, 
an eleven and one team would be a heck of a lot more fun right now. But hey, ten and two, we're not going to complain about that. You know, as the game got later, uh, I just had that feeling, like I'm sure a lot of people did, that uh, kind of like the Caleb Johnson run against Illinois last Saturday, I was going to find a way to make a big play. And uh, as the game got later, that that hope started to dissipate. Uh, the offense just wasn't able to do anything in the second half at all. You really started to lose any confidence in that. And although Nebraska and and specifically Chubba Purdy have been pretty turnover prone, uh, it just it just didn't seem like I was going to have that opportunity. What a huge holding call on the interception that Deacon Hell threw uh, on the return by Nebraska, the holding that pushed them back 15 yards, uh, certainly out of field goal range. If if they 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 probably weren't in field goal range, but were close enough to make a run at it, but that pushed them back quite a bit. Iowa's defense came up big. Uh, obviously, Herkett with the uh, the interception and then a, a really nice run from uh, LaShawn Williams to bring the ball all the way down into, what, about the 10-yard line or so. I don't have any of this in front of me. I'm just kind of doing this on memory. Uh, but uh, what what an incredible... <laughs> Just, I mean, again, just found a way to win. And after the game, we got emotional Kirk Ferentz. I'm going to play this for you. Uh, it's from the CBS broadcast after the game. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it already and, and you know, know where I'm going with this. But um, it's always fun to see and hear emotional Kirk Ferentz. The Heroes Trophy is yours. You're on your way to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. What does this feel like to get a win in this way? Just, just really excited for our guys. Uh, They've been really resilient, and you know, to find this way tonight, you know, Herkut gets a pick. It's crazy. A defense lineman gets a pick, and then a uh, unsung guy comes out and kicks a field goal. So it's kind of, it's kind of representative of this team. Somehow, some way, uh, we've won 10 games, and it's pretty good. I know you're emotional right now. You all have been through a lot this year. How much does this win mean to you? Yeah, they all mean a lot, you know that. I mean, you grew up in the profession, so uh, it's hard to win first and foremost. It just it speaks to the kind of kids we have. Uh, these guys are really, they're fun to work with. Uh, they believe in themselves, believe in each other. They care about each other, so it's, it's really uh, just special. Dave Revson uh, tweeted after the game for the Big Ten Network, uh, Kirk Ferentz is a good man. You, you watch interviews like that, you listen to things like that, you see how much this means to him. Um you know, you're proud to be a Hawkeye when Kirk Ferentz is, is at the head of the program and uh, you continue to be so. And so uh, what an incredible uh, win today. Didn't feel great the whole time, but much like these other games, it doesn't have to. The only stat that actually matters uh, is the final score. And Iowa has been on top 10 times this season. Look at some of the stats from this game. Uh, Deacon Hill, 11 of 28 for just 94 yards, had the one interception, a, a bad interception. Uh, at, at a time, you can't throw an interception there late in the game, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, it was. Uh, it appeared that Nico Reggini was open if he uh, makes that throw correctly, you know, over the top a little bit. He was unable to do that. That was a, a killer interception. Deacon didn't have a terrible game. Uh, he he did certainly regress a bit, it seemed, but that wasn't all his fault. You had some injuries to deal with. Stop me if you've heard this before. Iowa has had some injuries to deal with, uh, not just you know coming into this game, but during this game as 
Um, you had Jennings Dunker, an offensive lineman, go out. You had Caleb Brown, who was had a really nice first half up until that dropped touchdown pass late in the half. Uh, really a couple of nice jet sweeps, a, a couple of nice catches. Really felt like his progression was continuing. The momentum had carried over from the last couple of games. But then you didn't see him in the second half. And, and him going out was clearly an issue for this offense. That offensive line needing to shuffle was clearly an issue as well. The running game wasn't able to do uh, as as well as it had in the first half, the the passing game became, you know, less uh, less confident, and the while you needed to score, they just were unable to. They were unable to move the ball. A bunch of three and outs in a row. We can look through the drive chart in just a little bit, but uh, Deacon Hill, not a great game, not an awful game though, right? I mean, the the type of game he he had a couple of. Uh, plays where you could see the growth one of those was on a sack just before he threw that interception uh, where he held on to the ball in a tough sack I mean he probably fumbles that ball a couple of weeks ago and that was big for him to hold on to it despite then throwing the interception also wasn't helped by some drops uh, Nika Ragaini dropped a couple of balls uh, they just they, they they never really clicked today in the passing game uh, again outside of Caleb Brown in the first half having a couple of nice catches. Let's see, he ended up with three catches for 20 yards. Steven Stilianos had that really nice 37-yard uh, catch and run down to the one-yard line along the sideline. That was great. He had two catches for 38 yards. Ragaini two for 14, uh, but a couple of drops there for him. Addison Estrenga, three for 12, including a really fun little shovel pass dump, you know, middle, middle screen that uh, Iowa used to convert a third down and, uh, and looked pretty good doing it. And then Seth Anderson, one catch for nine yards. Running the ball, Iowa rushed for 163 yards, including 111 from LaShawn Williams, who had a long of 53, a big game-breaking uh, run that I think led to the field goal in the first half. And yeah, I, I believe that led to one of the field goals, or to the field goal in the first half, not one of the blocked field goals. Um. Weird game for special teams, mostly from Drew Stevens. But again, if Marshall Meter comes in and kicks the game winning uh, the game winning field goal, you feel pretty good about that. And then uh, a really nice play uh, by the the punt team to force that fumble early in the game, get the ball down in the red zone. Even though Iowa didn't capitalize on that and uh, and had that field goal blocked. Uh, but LeSean Williams, 16 carries, 111 yards. Caleb Johnson, 10 carries for 30 yards. Caleb Brown had those couple of carries for 13. Deacon Hill had a nice, uh, nice eight-yard run to get close to a first down. Nice to see him again, just kind of more comfortable as he continued to uh, to to grow a little bit uh, in this game. Defensively for Iowa, Ethan Herkett with nine uh, tackles, including, and then had that. You know, the interception that essentially gave Iowa an opportunity to win the game and and good on Iowa and the offense and LaShawn Williams for capitalizing on that. Uh, but that didn't happen without Ethan Herkett, as you heard Kirk, Kirk Ferentz mention, uh, a defensive lineman making, you know, a game-breaking interception. Don't expect to see that a lot unless you're an Iowa fan. Jay Higgins, eight tackles, uh, three solo. Sebastian Castro had four tackles, as did Nick Jackson. Uh, a pretty good game defensively. Got picked apart a bit at times, and obviously had the the um, the broken play, the rare long touchdown allowed by Iowa. Again, the longest of the season of uh, by any Hawkeye opponent, and it was just the safeties 
feigned a blitz and weren't able to get back and, and Chubba Purdy recognized it and threw a perfect ball. And sometimes you tip your cap there. Iowa had some some interesting blitzing schemes. You know, you never question Phil Parker, especially on a day where you give up 10 points. But uh, some interesting schemes and um, certainly gave up a lot of long, longish third downs, which was disappointing to see. And these are the kind of things that will bite you against a team like Michigan or Ohio State, but uh, you don't worry about against a Nebraska team that is, again, not going to a bowl game after four straight losses to end the season, all four uh, within one possession, one possession games. Iowa finds ways to win those games. Nebraska finds ways to lose those games, and that's really been uh, the difference between the two programs over the last several seasons. Chubba Purdy, 15 of 28 for 189 yards, one touchdown, and that late interception. He also had 42 yards on the ground. Uh, other than his 42 yards, uh, some of those design runs, but a lot of those scrambles. Emmett Johnson had 11 carries for 27 yards. Anthony Grant, four carries for four yards. Joshua Fleeks, two carries for two yards. I mean, I Iowa held Nebraska's running game down. Uh, Nebraska was not able to establish that at all. Just 75 yards total on the day uh, on the ground. And again, 45 of that, 42 of that coming from uh, Chubba Purdy in the quarterback position. Nebraska threw for 189 yards. Uh, Jalen Lloyd had the one one catch for 66 yards. And then, you know, beyond that, nobody had even 40 yards receiving. So Iowa's defense, again, while at times uh, getting picked apart a little bit, Ultimately, had a, another really, really nice day, and uh, and did enough to to give Iowa's offense a chance to win the game. I mean, it, it's wild to say you held the team to ten points and and barely gave your team a chance to win, but uh, that's Iowa football. That's what we're that's what we're looking at <laughs> anymore these days. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all plays out then moving forward as well. But um, a lot of punts in this game. That the two guys who had the punts. Sweatshirts uh, were certainly the the crowd favorite, uh, or I should say the favorite from within the crowd. Uh, those guys are you know had their fifteen minutes of fame. I've seen the gifts, I've seen the pictures on social media. People will be having fun with that for for a while. A um, lot of punts. I mean, it it was a it was a historically low point total, and it still went under uh, almost no matter how late you got it pregame. I think the live line certainly dropped below 23 at some point, but the lowest I saw pregame was 24 and a half points and Iowa wins 13 to 10. If you do the math, that's 23 points. Let's look at a few of the team stats, 14 first downs for the Hawkeyes, 10 for Nebraska, uh, six of 18 on uh, third down for Iowa, eight of 17 for Nebraska. So again, even though it felt like Nebraska was able to convert a lot of those third downs, um, maybe it was just at times where uh, it felt, important to get those stops and yet uh, I was able to ultimately get the stops they needed to get uh, 257 total yards for Iowa 264 for Nebraska so you know not a ton of yards to be had either way here two penalties on Iowa for 10 yards five penalties on Nebraska for 40 yards and some of those were, were pretty costly the officiating in this game left a lot to be desired I mean the fact that they even um, reviewed that targeting call in the second half against Iowa, uh, and I believe it was Sebastian Castro, uh, considering they missed several clearly targeting calls in the first half against Nebraska. That was one of the you know head-scratching things. 
Um, what else was there? Oh, the pass interference against Nico Ragagini was a clearly, clearly a missed call. Uh, the game clock late, which I guess, you know, it helped out Iowa because uh, you essentially had 10 extra seconds on the clock, but Nebraska did not start the clock uh, when they had the ball on that final possession. And, um, and that was, that was interesting. I, I'm chuckling because I'm looking at kind of my notes that I took and I said, we're going to limp into Indy. Well, that's not the case. We're flying into Indy, baby. 10 wins uh, on the season. And, uh, and now on Saturday, we get to sit back and watch uh, Ohio State and Michigan play for the right to take on Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. 11 a.m. tomorrow, Ohio State and Michigan uh, face off on Fox. The winner will play Iowa in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. I don't know who you'd rather play. Uh, it's it's not going to be. It's going to be a tall task no matter who wins that game uh, for the Hawkeyes, obviously. And so, you know, I don't think you you care a whole lot about the outcome of that game. You hope it's a uh, a tough game that that whoever wins has has trouble recovering from, right? Uh, has trouble getting over or getting past. Uh, however, you take that uh, going into Indianapolis, uh, I was going to need to play a perfect game just to stay in it, regardless of who they play. It's uh, you know obviously it feels like there's the potential for. I mean, embarrassment may be too strong of a word, but but certainly a, a blowout loss for a team that's you know looking to go to the college football playoff and, and win a Big Ten championship in the final year of these divisions. Hey, but there's a reason that, that you go. There's a reason that they play these games. Uh, bigger upsets have happened. Iowa has beaten teams like this before. We've all seen it. it hasn't been recently, but we've all seen it. You have a chip in a chair, and uh, you got a chance to go Shock the world and uh, and win a Big Ten championship. That'll be a week from Saturday in uh, Indianapolis, and I'm sure a lot of Hawkeye fans will be there ready to go. Uh, that's going to be a cool, cool scene, and uh, and we're going to have it covered at Hawkeye Nation from all angles uh, in all areas. Talk a little bit just about basketball here real quick. Not going to do a whole lot here because by the time a lot of you hear this, uh, the Seton Hall game will uh, have already been over because I will play Seton Hall at five o'clock of this evening uh, in part of their, uh, I guess, in the losers bracket of their their holiday tournament. A, an uninspired loss to Oklahoma, who who's a a good team and and feels like a better team than Iowa, but uh, Iowa didn't play well. Uh, the starters seemed lackadaisical at times. Uh, didn't shoot the ball real well. Sixty seven points is is a crazy low number for this offense, and you know just just. Disappointing, a disappointing game from the Hawkeyes who can now kind of bounce back and, and hopefully play well tonight against Seton Hall. Because again, like we've talked about in the past, other than this North Florida game next week, you really start to to get hit a gauntlet here in in at Purdue at Iowa State home against Michigan. That's a, a second ranked in the country Purdue team. That's always really good, and that's a, a den of horrors for the Hawkeyes to play there. Iowa State at Hilton. Iowa State's playing really, really well right now. That's going to be a difficult game. And then home against Michigan uh, just a couple of days later, you've got three big games in a span of seven days, and you, just, you need this team to be kind of starting to find its stride at that point before you go into a couple of uh, of non-conference snoozer games, hopefully snoozer games. We've lost games like this before uh, fairly recently. 
And then you get into the Big 12, uh, Big 10 schedule, rather, uh, in earnest on January 2nd when you go to Madison and play the Badgers. It's so tough to start these Big 10 seasons 0-2, and and Iowa has done it so many times in this 20-game format where you play these two games in December. just puts you behind the eight ball so badly, and then you, you you need win streak just to get back to even. And when you're talking about a Big Ten that feels a little bit down this year and and you know maybe isn't completely for the taking, but there's certainly spots there. There there's certainly you know maybe a double buy is is even too high to to hope for. That's a top four finish in the conference, but it feels like this is a a league where you can make some hay and uh, and build a a tournament resume. But in order to do that, you need to start off well, and uh, you're gonna have to play better and look better than you did, look more inspired than you did. Uh, against Oklahoma on Thanksgiving night. The Iowa women play Purdue-Fort Wayne uh, also tonight. That's a 6-30 tip, and uh, and they're coming off a, a better game where they beat Drake after a lackadaisical game from them against Kansas State. So uh, obviously then the wrestling, Iowa State wrestling, is Sunday. It's uh, going to be nationally televised on ESPN. I think it's the, the first time. A wrestling duel has been broadcast live on ESPN, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really interesting. Um, it's going to be tough. I think it is. Um, Iowa State ranked eighth. Iowa ranked fourth. It's a 2 p.m. start in Hilton Coliseum on ESPN again, and uh, and you've got a big, big old long winning streak for the Hawkeyes to protect here. So uh, if whether or not they're going to be able to do it, it's going to be interesting, but hopefully we'll all be watching that. We will have it all covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com, as we always do. Uh, Joe Schmuck and myself will be back this week for the HawkeyeNation.com radio show where we'll preview the Big Ten championship game. I will find uh, somebody to talk to from either Michigan or Ohio State to preview that game as well on my Opposition Research podcast, and we'll be right back here a week from Saturday uh, breaking down a win or a loss in the Big Ten championship game. But hey, celebrate this celebrate this season uh enjoy these players enjoy the adversity they've had to overcome uh, the resiliency they've shown the emotions that kirk ferentz and these players have shown over the last few games i'm excited to to now just dive into you know i record these so quickly after the game i haven't seen any really any of the post game i'm excited to kind of dive into kirk ferentz's press conference and what some of the players had to say and, and all the coverage from all the great guys who are there covering the game uh, each and every week home and away uh, I'm I'm just going to kind of soak this in over the next couple of days as we uh, appreciate a 10-win season, another 10-win season for this Iowa Hawkeye team and for head coach Kirk Ferentz. And, uh, and it's one unlike any other, any before it. It's one that, um, you know, it's, it's, there's just hyperbole that you can't go too far in kind of what this team has been able to overcome, how unlikely it is that this team finds itself where it does, which is a 10-win team heading into the Big Ten Championship game. We're going to have it all covered. I appreciate you listening, and go Hawks! Hawks!